So I've got the pan-fried beef and celery dumpos on lock. Drinking my brews, I'm ready to go. Welcome back to another episode of Rear the Grid. We do still exist. It's been a while. A few interesting weeks through of various reasons, but we're back, ready to go. As always, I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined by Lawrence Stroll's press secretary, Jashan. Not press secretary. I'm, his, I'm an intern, actually. Oh, intern. Eating oh. a meat pie today, so feeling good. Thank you for that wonderful insight. Um... <sighs> The man who has already predicted next year's world championship, it's Spencer Hudson. Grazie, grazie. What the Ferrari? Also an oh. Italian citizen, apparently. Yes. On uh, this week's show, we take a bit of a look at what we think might happen with Lewis Hamilton's standing at Mercedes. We um, preview uh, next year's calendar, which is, uh, yeah, dry. Interesting. And, um... We can't give too much away because we want you to listen to the end of the show, but um, it's worth it is all we're going to say. If, if you like things that smell and the sport of Formula One, oh, we got something for you. Stay tuned. All that and not all that much more, if we're honest, on this week's episode of Rear the Grid. <laughs> Increasingly less, if we're honest, because it's now been several weeks since one of these shows and a couple of weeks since a race. Um, few it's been news. One week since it's been one week since a race. It's been well. I mean, we're on a Thursday, so it's been a week and a half. Oh, really. yeah, I suppose so. I suppose yeah, so. Yeah, fair you enough. idiot. One week since we last attempted to record an episode. Fair but, um, yeah. A few news stories that have floated around this week, though, and I'll give the floor to you, Jashan. Um, seeing as you love to try to jump in and make the segues yourself anyway, I'll let you launch us into um, a beginning topic. To be fair, I don't jump in and try to make the segues. I jump in, I make the segues. Oh, I true, make yes. them work, oh. I make them good. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I think the big one that jumped out at me was um, a certain Englishman, uh, Lewis Hamilton, who uh, at, at the end of the Imola Grand Prix, he kind of like, there was a couple of interviews where he was like, oh... You know, I haven't signed my contract for next season. We know this, but you know, the, the theory was that you know, it's just a matter of time. But maybe he is considering to just, you know, hang it up at the end of the year, hang up the steering wheel, as it were, hang up the helmet. And feel just like, call feel it like you hang up your helmet and gloves more so than yeah. the steering wheel. Who knows? Maybe he relaxes. Really the steering wheel you've got to carefully place on the top of the car for okay. the next driver. Fair enough. Well, you know. He implied that he might not necessarily re-sign with Mercedes next season, and it. I don't know what you guys think about that. He's going to Haas. He's going to Haas. Yeah. <laughs> Haas and Mazepin or Haas and Schumacher? I mean, uh, you know what I mean, Hamilton and Mazepin or Hamilton and Mick Schumacher? Oh, probably with Mazepin. Probably with Mazepin. Uh, yeah, Mazepin's your money, money wins out of that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mick yeah. Schumacher's going to Mercedes. Massive coup. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mick enough. Schumacher's winning next year's title. Well, he is better than George Russell, that's fair enough. Okay. Well, I, he just needs to be better than Valtteri Bottas, which he also is, so... <laughs> Not difficult. But, I mean, for, for Hamilton, I think if he does race next year, he'd likely get the eighth 
his eighth driver championship because he's got seven now. You, well, I mean, hey, so, I mean, okay. hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he could spontaneously combust tomorrow and not be able to compete for the rest <laughs> of the season, and Valtteri Bottas or Verstappen will run him down. He's what, like eighty odd points ahead of Bottas, right? Oh, now? I think I think it's almost a done deal that he should wrap it up. He'll win this a seventh weekend, this weekend in, in Turkey. Turkey. Yes. And if he wins again next season, which is likely always because it's Lewis Hamilton, he will overtake Mick or Michael for all-time driver championships, mm-hmm. and he will likely get to 100 wins, the first driver ever to reach triple figures. And I feel like a guy like Lewis Hamilton surely must want to do that. Uh, I think he just wants to hang out with his dog, to be honest. What's his name, the dog? Roscoe. Roscoe. Fuck, mm. you're a terrible F1 fan. Roscoe's the most important part of this sport. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He once took a shit out the front of Valtteri Bottas's trailer. <laughs> you should like him. That is apt for Valtteri Bottas, quite frankly. Well, what do you think, Spencer? Should he retire, or would you rather see him go for the triple figures in the eighth championship? I don't think he should retire. Um, like, you can't really, you know, the the season was a bit of a sh- schmozzle, um, and he's absolutely run away with it. I, I could see in his head, like, maybe he finds it a little bit of, you know, a bit of poetic justice that he, you know, he beats Schumacher for race wins and podiums and just about every other record, and then he finishes tied with him um, with seven. But just just knowing who, or not knowing him personally, but how you sort of view him as a competitor, um, it, it, it does seem like something that he'd like to, you know, stretch himself out from the rest because, you know... I don't think that there's anybody... And obviously, as well, we're talking about eight world championship wins that they'd have to get. Um, it'd be a long time until somebody gets even close to that. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago that Vettel won his four championships, you know. I mean, that was, what, over a decade ago yeah. now, just about. Um, obviously, it, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword for F1 as well, like from a marketing standpoint. Like, obviously, Hamilton is their, their biggest marketable guy. Like, he's a pretty well-known um, international athlete, particularly with the stuff that he's been doing with the, um, the social justice and, you know, um, racial inequality um, throughout this season. But then on the flip side of that, it would make the season a lot more interesting because, you know, who's going to win? Because um, it, you know, would completely open up the field regardless of who picks up that um, second Mercedes seat. Um, but I... Most likely, when it comes to sport, when somebody says they haven't signed a contract and they're like, ex, you know, like exploring like other interests, he probably just wants a bit more money, um, which I think Mercedes yeah, probably. should That's probably possible. pay him. Um, and also as well, right, he's got another year before the regulations really start to sort of hit hard. So, um, you know, 23, I think so, 22 races are confirmed for the calendar, I think, 20, there's yeah. one that's like a to be confirmed. Um, CBC, rip, rip, Vietnam. I know. Never existed. To never, never existed. existed. And unless yeah. unless um, Hamilton thinks that he doesn't have it in him to go another season, like this was a, you know, they had a bit of a break um, during it. A lot of the races early were pretty close together. Oh, sorry, like geographically close together so they could sort of like, you know, bash them out one by one, a couple of double headers. Maybe he doesn't want to do the the full season grind again. Um, and I think as well, probably the biggest thing, if I was always Hamilton, I wouldn't want to do the Schumacher and then come back to Mercedes and not be as competitive as you once were. But I don't, like, even now, like, Lewis Hamilton, you know, 
and we've just gone over it all year. Like, even when he has a bad day, he still has a good day for every other driver. Um, yeah. And he's Same. what? What is he now? Like almost a hundred points ahead of Valtteri. Um, I think if he yeah, like if he wins this race and Valtteri finishes sixth, I think he will win. Even if he loses or he doesn't finish in the last four races, which he hasn't done in going on two years now. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I think he deserves to get eight. Yeah. Um, He's just been so dominant. It, just, it almost seems like, you know, he'd be, like, you know, beginning to the very end and you're so close, like, just go for eight. Like, why why bother time with Schumacher when you can have every every single record in your possession? Matt's biting his tongue. You don't think he deserves um, to get eight? Well, that's not what I'm biting my tongue yeah, out about at all. Okay. Well, what's, what's... I mean, I think, I mean, that's the thing. It depends whether you want to phrase the question as, do I think Lewis Hamilton should retire or do, or do I want him to retire? Because, yes, I want him to, I want him to retire. I don't think he necessarily should. Um, I will say, obviously, not to say that they're the same caliber of athlete, but we have just seen this very similar scenario play out over in MotoGP with the um, contractual status of Andrea Divisioso, three-time runner-up to Mark Marquez in the MotoGP championship, and sort of the main man for Ducati, one of the big teams there. And much earlier in this year, there was a bit of they were, you know, say they were still working on something, nothing had been resolved, and we all did sort of think, well, you know. Just one of those ones. They'll play it out for a bit. They'll, you know, back to and fro about money. And then he'll re-sign there. Didn't end up happening. Divisioso at this point is now taking a, a, a well, an indefinite sabbatical yeah. from MotoGP because there wasn't another seat that opened back up. And, you know, you could find that with Hamilton. And that's the thing. Hamilton being where he is at the top of the sport, if... For whatever reason, that's the thing. You know, maybe he does only want to do it, or do it with Mercedes for a certain amount of money. We don't know, and that's the thing. Like if if Mercedes if they, he can't come to agreement with Mercedes, there's nowhere else Lewis Hamilton is going. He's won all these titles. As I said it jokingly, and I think, oh, did I say that on air or not? I remember that. But um, I said jokingly him going to Haas. I can't remember what I said. Oh that. no, that was prior to we. That was prior to recording. Yeah. Yes. I but that obviously never, 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 never going to happen because he just you know he's not going to step away from the most competitive seat in the sport no. possibly ever to um, fuck smashing box. Gunter Steiner's door. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's it. I still, I still think you would imagine Hamilton resigning is the most likely outcome. Yes. but you know you can never say never to go the other way. I think an interesting thing to look at it here and speculate a bit on is let's t- play out the hypothetical that they do fail to come to agreement or Hamilton just decides, hey, you know what? Seven's a nice number. Always like seven. I'm going to go make clothes and maybe try rapping again. Let's see how that goes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, he's, hey, he's released a studio album before. Yeah. 100%. Good times. <laughs> um... That obviously leaves a seat in the best car on the grid for at least the next year. A few different names that I know, well, obvious they're there, or that, you know, there has been strong talk about possibly could be the spot to go to that seat and become available. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Jashan. Should Lewis Hamilton, in a universe where Lewis Hamilton is leaving Mercedes, I guess, who do you think will, or who would you like to see stepping in to that seat at Mercedes alongside your favourite driver, Valtteri Bottas? <laughs> Valtteri, 
Bottas. Well, um, well, I was going to say, like, the one man who probably is begging for Lewis Hamilton to retire is Valtteri, because poor Valtteri, he just keeps getting schlonged by him week after week. But uh, Spencer mentioned it earlier, like, Hamilton is very much the leader of not the F1, not just, you know, in terms of... Uh, competitiveness and winning but also like he's the face of F1 and that you know he is the guy who's doing all the social media stuff etc etc and if he leaves like the next most prominent figure in the grid as far as I can tell is Max Verstappen prominent in what sense Uh, famous active like most talked about you know what I mean famous and talked about possibly yeah yeah because but I think I don't think you'd be need to be too worried because I think in terms of a social media. Well, I mean, I think there's already someone doing a better job of connecting with fans. Okay, well, you're Lando or and I think I think Lando will. But they don't have the competitiveness that Verstappen does, or the tenure. They, the, I mean, Verstappen's been there for all of a year and a half more than Charles. Yeah, but he's I been, think he's been close to the top that entire time. Yeah, uh, well, and he, he, he was okay. he was not close to the top for the first year and a half. I'm interested in knowing like who becomes the face of the of the grid when Hamilton leaves, and if Max Verstappen gets poached by Mercedes, he's that he that's him. He becomes the face of, of yes, yeah, and I mean, so that that's that's your answer for Max Verstappen, yes. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas goes from getting cucked by Lewis Hamilton to being cucked by Max Verstappen. I mean, that'll happen if uh, to anyone else. Max, Max in that Red Bull has already proved he's better than Valtteri in the Mercedes. I believe he's. Yes, exactly. It'll be quite entertaining yeah. to watch. I think. Um, so, what you you think you think you would either like to, is this you would like to see or what you think would happen in terms of Mercedes making a play to buy out Max Verstappen and shift him I, into what, that car? It's what I think would happen. Oh, I don't even know to be honest. Half of me is kind of like, I want to see Max Verstappen just win everything and embrace his inner evil ego maniac yeah, just for fair. a little bit. But also, I, I think it would be in Mercedes' best interest to do so. Okay, so in which case, well, who's who's falling into that Red Bull seat vacated by Verstappen? Well, Alex Albon just keeps his seat. Keeps his seat <laughs> and had won a pair. So, uh, so, this is, so you're saying this is, would be the best scenario to happen to Alex Albon because he gets to remain yeah. in the sport in partnered no, alongside no, yeah, yeah, Perez yeah. or Hulkenberg. They just, they just um, promote, uh, I don't know, Liam Lawson. Frankly, I figured... <laughs> and, figured, they, I figured and they forge his super I, I, I figured this was just going to be a Danny Kvyat solution for oh, obviously Danny Kvyat okay, okay what happens is um, they, they leave Alex okay they sign Nico and Perez for Red Bull and then oh god damn you're I really grasping the basic fundamental of mathematics and how filling the seats no, work because Verstappen has left for Mercedes there is now two spots yes. one of them is technically Albon is Albon getting kicked? No, Albon's fucked off. We've so Albon's fucked off. Well, they're either going with both of Perez or Hulkenberg, well, I want, or one I want of them and, and Kvyat. I want Kvyat and Gasly to stay together. So they're going to take Tsunoda straight to Red Bull, and then they're going to sign Sergio Perez. Okay, Spencer, for an actual opinion on what might happen that if Hamilton retires. That is Oh, what well, what would you what 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 do you are you also of the camp? You think that Mercedes would try to go all in on buying out Verstappen, or do you think they'd go elsewhere? Um, I don't, I don't think they'd go after Verstappen. Um, I'm, they might. I don't think Red Bull um, would let it happen. Um, I think well, it might come down to a bit. You know, Max. There's already been some, you know, underneath rumblings that Max isn't super happy at Red Bull. 
So Red Bull might not really get a say in the matter. Indeed. We all know Jos Verstappen plays to win the game. And I, I think it's like it, like if you look at how Mercedes have done their business in the past, I think the the most likely scenario that works for both both t- like parties involved would be George Russell gets elevated to the Mercedes seat with Valtteri Bottas becoming the number one driver. George Russell becomes number two, and then Sergio Perez would take that empty seat at Williams and then provide them with some more money. Um, that I make that opinion just based off the fact that that's how they did things with Nico Rosberg. Um, and obviously yep. it would be a similar situation, right, yeah, where exactly they, like, we, and we don't know, right, like, Hamilton could re-sign, like, tomorrow. He could say that he's, like, out. But I remember um, Nicky Lauda being very disappointed with Rosberg's decision only from the sense that it, they left it really late. Um, and Mercedes are the type of team yes. that they very much trust their system. They trust their... Um, their setup, and obviously with Valtteri Bottas at Williams, he was already being groomed to be that guy, and they've been using Williams as kind of like a, you know, a feeder system for them. What I would like to see happen is George Russell remains at Williams, and then they sign Nico on a one-year deal, so that they can sort oh, of. He's see... stolen my answer. <laughs> yeah, he's he's German. You're a whore of a man. Mercedes a German. Um, it gives George Russell another year and then it also allows um, Mercedes to actually sort of like, you know, figure out for their long-term business future. Like, do we have a really good car? And like, oh, do we have a really good system in place? Or have we been blessed with having arguably the greatest talent in F1 history sort of pointing us in yeah. the direction to where our things need to go? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say Verstappen only because like it, like, it just doesn't seem to be Mercedes style to like to like to poach like another driver, you know what I mean? Because even when they took Lewis, like Lewis was languishing pretty poorly with McLaren. And like it was almost perceived as like being a, a downward move at that point for Hamilton going from McLaren to Mercedes. Everyone's like, What he's got rocks in his head, like what is he doing? Since then it's very much been a system of like trusting themselves and backing like backing themselves. And more to the point as well, I don't think it'd be good for the sport because then, like, Mercedes would yeah, just... That I agree like, with. And, it, and it wouldn't be fair to Bottas either. Like, Bottas has been arguably the the best second fiddle. And you can say it's because of the car or whatever else, but Valerie Bottas has never got himself into a wheel-to-wheel situation with Hamilton. He's never tried to negatively impact Mercedes points hall so to then grab a guy and then elevate Verstappen to the first driver and leave Bottas in number two I just don't think is Mercedes style at all and the no, money that's fair. a lot oh, of the money thing... yeah it is a lot of well, I don't think money is necessarily an issue it could be with the regs though um, the only thing I'll say that you yeah um, obviously Red Bull did poach Verstappen sort of from Mercedes in the first place so could be an an element of pettiness from Toto to try and get him back. I will say personally, I think the most likely scenario would either be the pursuit of Verstappen, just because I think he's the next best and you want the best driver to get in that seat, or a promotion of George Russell. But I was, which would I think see probably Perez, or I guess maybe Nico, into that uh, Williams seat, or unless they go all in on one of maybe, you know the Ferrari boys who didn't make the cut. Um, 
You've obviously already voiced it. I was starting to think, yeah, Nico Hulkenberg. Because obviously, we, you know, it's been mentioned a few times over the years. And I think even this, Mercedes' sort of number two choice, had they not gone Hamilton in the first place at the time, was going to be Nico Hulkenberg. He's not currently contracted anywhere. What more perfect yeah. way yeah. to cap off that story than to... Because we've obviously been going, oh, great, how good would it be to see Nico get that spot in the Red Bull, finally in a really good car, uh, maybe he can finally get to that podium, heck, maybe it could be a win. Why not just give him one year in one of the best Formula 1 cars, if not the best Formula 1 car ever made, and you just give him a world championship? Or see, oh yeah, see, see who could win out of him and Bottas. Yeah. And that would obviously allow... You know, Perez to uh, sure he stays on the grid, and then which I think you know it would be a good thing to see. Um, but I do think I think it's likely that they'd be pursuing Verstappen or just promoting George Russell. But I, anyway, whatever way it goes, will be very interesting to see. Hmm. Will Will Hamilton leave or stay, and what happens if he does leave? It will be fascinating. Indeed. In terms of other things that are. Could oh. be interesting for next season. Other things. A new calendar has been released. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. that I would call it interesting, but I mean, oh, well, there's some, there's a few little tidbits. Obviously, I'm sure, Jashan, you're probably about to pull up the Canada calendar, or oh, no, you're just I wrote down a few scrolling notes. through your notes. Ah, uh, fair enough. Fair notes. enough. The only man who does research on this podcast, of course. That's just rude. Well, you know. Um. Yeah. So, 23 races. Longest, longest. I hadn't actually the... finished talking, but um. Well, now I'm talking, so. I mean... Yeah, he might be the only man who does research, but he's also uh, the rudest man on the show. I'm a rude dude. I thought that was me. Yeah. That's my stick. You bastard! You're taking everything <laughs> from us. Con- Sorry, <laughs> the conveyor of controversy over here. I apologize. It's bullshit. Alright, well, I'll, I'll, you, you say your notes and I'll critique your um, ability to research. Please do. Um, so the calendar will start in March with Melbourne, traditionally, you know, the, yeah. the starting point in Albert Park there for F1, and it retains that position. It's basically all the same tracks that we used to yes. the classics, apart from Zandvoort, we will get to see. But that, was on, that was on the calendar. That was on the calendar, yeah, but we haven't seen Can. it yet. No. That was nice and exciting, and... There is a new track in Saudi Arabia. I do love bashing women. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. I hate it when women drive places. It bothers me. Indeed. And, oh my, and, and when they and try when to they, show their face in know, public... They, oh! They, oh! They, the nerve of them to occasionally try to attend sports. Hey, we race as one. Oh, God damn disgusting. you. We race as one. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Gay people, no. of course. No. Uh, maybe this is maybe maybe it's just Hamilton seeing that announcement, being like, you know what, I'm going to take my ball and go home. That would be a baller move. If you that think that the people move. building the truck are going to be paid a fair wage, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> Slaves don't normally get paid, Spencer. Uh, that's true. They haven't actually like released the track layout yet. It's, it's yet to be. It's determined. a street circuit, right? Yeah, but it, has, it hasn't actually been finished. No, they haven't decided upon it. But anyway, um, apart from that. Um, well, there is um, my favourite Grand Prix on the calendar, TBC. TBC, yeah. That was a fun favourite of mine. Looking is that, that the video? Is that going to be Hanoi? Because Hanoi's not on. Well, see, well, it we sounds like so. it. Well, no, it's a. So that's obviously the slot Hanoi was yeah. in, but it sounds as though, because like surely if it was going to be Hanoi, like it is still considering Vietnam only officially cancelled having a Grand Prix this year, like a month ago, several months after it was meant to happen, and well and truly after the calendar was fully locked in. Mm. you would have felt like if they, you know, if it was going to be there next year, they would be like, yeah, it's there next year. So it sound, it feels to me like it's almost like... 
Yeah. Now with everything, it's broken down completely for the Grand Prix being in Vietnam, but they're like, oh, you know, if we can, we'd still like to find something and plug it in there. It's, it's, it's the slot after China. Yeah. Yes. Malaysia. Malaysia, you reckon? Mm. It is the best Herman Tilke track ever made. Okie doke. It's actually um, a good so Grand Prix. that gap in the calendar, the only gap in the 23 track. Right? Yes. But there's also uh, both Spain and Interlagos are pending contract renewals. Yes. Technically. Yes. Presumably that'll happen shortly because they've both been announced or whatever. Uh, hopefully so. It's good to see Interlagos. It looks like it's at least survived for another year. Indeed. But Spain, maybe... No one would miss. On no that. one would miss Spain. Um, yeah, we've got some return. I might. I'd like Valencia. Like, uh, I'd like Valencia country. to come back instead of Barcelona. I'd like yeah, switch it over. You know, you know what, bit. Valencia mm. wouldn't hurt. Especially, I mean, it, it didn't always have the greatest reputation, but then Fernando Alonso single-handedly saved the legacy of Valencia in 2012 with Fair that enough. drive. So I'd give it. I'd give it another go because if there's one thing we don't have enough of in this Formula One in these days and age. It is street circuits. Street circuits. We're, we're really at an all-time circuit. low for them, so yeah, we definitely need another one. <laughs> there will be two triple headers, one in Europe. Really? Yeah. That is surprising. One in Europe and one going from Russia to Singapore to Japan. That I cannot see being a popular decision at all. Oh, well, it's kind of it's kind of been interesting this year to see all the, the condensed schedule. and. But that is, that has happened out of an absolute necessary that I think yes. everyone understands that. We, we don't need to have a 23 race calendar no and be forced into a position it, of triple it headers. makes the F1 I, more money I know it makes the F1 more Especially funny but I can I'm just I'm anticipating I would imagine there would be backlash from employees and staff members and oh, know, yeah. the people who actually do the hard yards in the sport especially when they're travelling from Sochi to Singapore to yes Japan, that's you know so. that's three three weeks plus the travel to Sochi and the travel home from Japan just get a frequent flyers card and shut up <laughs> <laughs> fair enough but um I guess the one question I would have and you've already answered it was um what would you like to see in that empty slot and you want to see Malaysia oh um, well okay I was just going Malaysia because it would be well, what come what's after that slot because it's the race after China correct it's the race after Spain. China Is it, and I then believe it's Spain. Spain Spain Monaco Baku what's yeah. Does it? Wow! Was what, it um? What? That is that is a run right there. That's yeah, a run does impressive. it? Does it have a like? Because I just wasn't sure whether it already has like a sort of specified date. Whether it's it in does. the immediate weekend after China. Oh, Twenty okay. two weeks after China. Two weeks after China and what? Two weeks before Spain or? Yes. Okay. In which case it could be anything. So well, I wasn't April. sure whether it was going to be the week after China, which would, which also says to me the fact it's not the week after China, it's not going to be Vietnam. Because there is no way they're going to go to China, take everything back to Europe, and then fly back out to Vietnam. Nor are they going to make them stay just in Asia for a random weekend where they're not doing anything. So it's going to be a European track. Which I mean, if they're hunting money, just pop over to Qatar. Rules yeah. out... Well, yes. but that, So that rules out Malaysia. I, I just figured that it was probably yeah. a... Um, possibly, you know, a doubleheader in with... Um, no, I understand. China, yeah. and that's why I was going out for convenience. I'd just rather have Malaysia and China in that case. Um, you would like to think... You would love to see one of the tracks that has popped up on the calendar this year that we've enjoyed so much, be it a Mugello, Hockenheim... You mean Nürburgring, you bean? During the Nürburgring, although I'd happily go to Hockenheim as well. Hockenheim. Just anything in Germany, frankly. Germany goes well. Um... Maybe even... Uh, I mean, Portimao was alright without being amazing. We're going to shorten that straight, but... 
Um, they do indeed. Imola, Imola is really nice to be at, but frankly, it is an objectively poor circuit for racing, particularly with these cars. Yeah. Um, in their current setup. I, I think the South scene, Africa uh, would be the nice one to see. Well, because they're supposed Army. to be on every continent, yes, and they yeah. don't have an African Grand Prix as far as I know. So that would no. make sense. Kyle, Kyle they've got Army like a, nice a secret track facility out in Antarctica at the moment that they're building. Who knows? Oh, well, that would be exciting. A nice base Grand Prix. Put some yeah. snow tyres on them. Uh, I think Magella would be the standout for me this year, just based on how the race was rather interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind Portugal. And I think see how Turkey goes. Classic. But yeah, I'd, I'd put my... Uh, I'd, I'd like Mugello. I think Mugello... I'd, I'd agree. Of the tracks we saw this year, Mugello is the one I'd most like to have come back for round two. But um, I'd also very much like to see a Grand Prix on the African continent, probably in South Africa. Yeah. So any any thoughts on where, where you'd like that one to be, Spencer? I mean, I'd, <clears throat> I'd be happy for that spot to be taken up by any of the one-offs um, that occurred this year. Um, it's just like you said it's like you know two weeks between the Shanghai Grand Prix to then this you know to be confirmed and then Barcelona after that Hmm. Um, so you'd think that it might make more logistical sense to maybe have it in Europe Um, in which case yeah like I wouldn't mind um, like Portugal is pretty fun um, if the Turkish Grand Prix is half as fun as what they were um, back in the day, like that could be potentially one there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, and it like it would be cool to go back to like South Africa. I think it's been what like thirty odd years or something like that. Maybe even more than that now. What is it? Twenty twenty? Yeah, ages away. Um, and on, it could even be something where they just don't end up doing it because, like, 23 races seems like yeah, a lot. Honestly. And just looking at the dates now, like, Abu Dhabi isn't going to be until the 3rd of That's December. ridiculous. And it so starts in March. And I guess as well, like, there are obviously a lot of tracks, like, you know, Albert Park didn't have a Grand Prix last this year, so, like, they probably need to, you know, make back a little bit of yeah. money. Um, well, I'm just thinking... Same with, like, Monaco and Baku. Shishan, you've got a computer, or what you both at? What date is Abu Dhabi for this year? Bloody hell, mate. You're asking a lot of me. I'm currently researching the reason as to why Hanoi was cancelled, but I can... Hold up. I'll look, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, Spencer's on it. Spencer's on it. This is actually um, The 13th of December. So even later okay, this year. Okay, so... Oh, Jesus. Fuck so, me. Well, but, you, but that's the thing. It's so late this year because we... That's the thing. Formula One stopped from when it was meant to start in March till what? Like June or something. There was a three-month layoff. So, yet... Even with where the way, you know, next year will be, in theory, be completely normal. Going to start on the regularly scheduled date of, like, first weekend in March or whatever with Australia. How is it that the season is only going to end 10 days earlier next year than it is this year when nothing could... Like, and obviously, they went really condensed with this year's calendar with um, four triple headers when things are all said and done. But still, you know, there's six Grand Prix less on the calendar this year and that. What it says to me is, 23 is too many. Like, you know, it was fine at 20. Stop, you know. Uh, it's, it's a tricky thing because they obviously want to keep bringing in these, you know, Grand Prix. They're going to make them all of the money like Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi and Baku and... China. Bahrain. I don't think China necessarily to the same level as the um, oh, Arabian nations. China's, I mean, China's economy rules the world, mate. 
It does, uh, but I don't know how I don't know how rich they actually are, do get from the Chinese Grand Prix in the same Fair sense enough. as the oil money Grand Prix. Okay, well. Okay. Um, but like that's the thing. It's one of those things. Obviously, more Grand Prix means you can add those Grand Prix in without losing the true classics. But you know, yeah. which is a uh, but twenty three is too many. This is what's being reported due to the act. So Vietnam has been axed completely because key officials responsible for its establishment and organization were arrested. Uh, for non F one incidents. That sounds so, about right. Yeah. <laughs> interesting how. So then we're going to Saudi something. Arabia and Bahrain. No, 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 no. And so the UAE. According, according to the BBC, the potential candidates at this point are the Turkish Grand Prix, Imola, Portimao, or a trip to the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Ah. Yes, because a trip over to America makes sense for convenience. <laughs> China, America, If Europe. I pick Miami over actually making this a world championship and going to South Africa... Hmm. You, know, you know what I reckon they'd do? I reckon they'd push everything up. They'd push everything up, and then Canada, which is weak, or round eight... They'd put that Miami race either before or after Canada. That would make the yeah. most sense, I think. I'd rather them go to, like, Watkins Glen or something if they're going to go for an extra race in America. Bring back a classic. Sammy on... Watkins Glen? Yes, Sammy Watkins Glen. <laughs> or, like, you know, Laguna Seca, because that would definitely work. I remember one that car. from Tucker. Yeah, let's have a Formula One car fall off that little cliff at the corkscrew. Absolutely. What could possibly go wrong? Um... Oh, I don't think they'll ever probably go back to South Africa because it won't make them any money and that's all they care about now. They don't, they're not worried about being a world championship or anything as long as it's going to make them money. Yeah. That's, yeah. Sad truth, sad truth. They are the KSI of world championships. Wow, that's a reach, mate. That's a reach. Oh, dear. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about the... Um calendar i'm very excited for zanvort just to see max's ridiculous fans out in force oh that would be good it, i think it was zanvort i was keen for this year so it will be nice to yeah. make that return officially next year hopefully i, I do like um, that they're doing a um a triple header right after the um the mid-year break as well that's a lot of fun uh, so i think it's it's hungry and then they take 27 days off and then it's spa zanvort and then monza that's bangers. What? So Spa's after the mid-year break now? Yeah, so Spa's the 27th to the 29th. Then Zanvort's the 3rd to the 5th of September. Ooh. And then Monza's 10th to the 12th. So fucking okay, bang, so they bang, really bang. Push oh, okay, yes, yeah, so and then they push that's, back. That's going to be well. fun. That's a fun triple header. Right that is and then we've got header. two weeks off and then another triple header for Russia, Singapore, Japan. Interesting. Woo-wee! So that's how. That's why they're doing it. They're obviously, yeah, they're just trying Russia, to cram okay, all these bastards in. Singapore, Singapore, and Japan are typically too quite good. You just you've got no I'm experience. Not you've not experience of them. So. <laughs> but yes, Russia is a bit meh. Um, I don't think uh, anyone especially if Russia. Kvyat is no longer on the grid. I mean, that's all right. They'll have, Nik- they'll have Nikita Mazepin and his rich Nikita dad. Mazepin, yeah, that looks pretty much set. By the and way, you never know. It could be Robert Schwartzman. Yuki Tsunoda had a private test for AlphaTauri after the. Yes, he starts to get a super license though. Yeah. Yeah. What his, his he posted he posted on Instagram his uh, race suit, then deleted it, then reposted it a couple yeah. hours later. <laughs> he looks like a ten year old boy. Well, he does. It's well, you're saying he's closer to winning the championship. Than... He's closer to winning the championship than falling out of the the race for was it fifth he needs to get. Like, Is he? I'm pretty sure. But can but can he still can he still drop out though? 
Yes, like he can still like drop out. If he, has, if he has a really... All, all it takes will be um, someone to nerf him in the um, feature race uh, the first weekend in Bahrain. Dan Tictum, this is your moment. <laughs> and that puts him right down the back for the uh, sprint race as well. No points in the first weekend okay. in Bahrain, and he'll instantly be back right on the verge of falling out of the top six. You wait. It changes... In. Very, very uh, completely. I was completely wrong. Yes, because he's got to be closer to falling out. He's nowhere yeah. near the championship. It's only between really Eilat it's, and it's Schumacher's got um, Schumacher. He's yeah, right, yeah, you wait. Of, of Schwartzman. Three three days before the race weekend, some F2 driver will come down with some kind of fucking tie sickness and a Malitz Malbon will come onto the field <laughs> and he'll just absolutely aquaplane straight into him. First corner. Malitz <laughs> <laughs> uh, Malbon, you reckon? That's creative, that is. That's <laughs> yeah, but if that happens, they're just going to keep Kvyat and, and drop Albon anyway, so it's fine. Well, then our, uh, oh, actually, yes. Well, Albon, you really work it out for you. Are going to have to. You are going to have to kill a Russian. I'm sorry to say it. You're going to have to do it. <laughs> I don't think Albon would happily risk his entire family's death, even for the F1 seat. So, what does he have to finish again? Fifth. Top. Let's yeah, finish fifth or better. Pretty sure it's six. Top six. Six. Top six. I'm okay. fairly sure. Yeah. He's totally. He's oh. Tight. Oh no! Yeah, he's sweet. He's um. You say, you he's say that if, if, if he unless he's, he's like twenty five points ahead of Louis Delatraz in six. I, I've seen that margin turn around that much was so it, quickly. Was it one more race? One more weekend? Two, so two weekends. And two it's weekends. 25 okay, points okay. for a feature race, 15 for a sprint race. So, okay. like... That's possible. Galapagos oh, a pair there of is, Yeah, okay. So, there's, there's 80... Uh, the there is race. a maximum of 80 points still up for grabs. Mm. Actually, no, because you also get a point for the fastest lap and four points for pole. So, there's a maximum of 80... 90 points still up for grabs. Good math, mate. Impressive stuff. Across the two races. So, like... He should be good the way he's raced, but as I said, he crashes out in this feature race in Bahrain, gets no points for that weekend. Mm. Suddenly, he's like, A, either out of the top six, or he's, you know, two points clear of Louis Delatraz and in mm. massive trouble. And we've seen all, pretty much all of them this season, with the exception, and even Schumacher, have had weekends where just, yeah, something happens and they, they bin, they get no points. It's changed so quickly, the landscape. Fair enough. It is. It's the only question mark really remaining is Red Bull and AlphaTauri because it looks like Haas is set with Michael Schumacher and Nikita no. Mazepin. Well, I mean, that's none of that's been announced. No, that's just the strong speculation. The, but so is the Sonoda thing. The Sonoda thing is just down to the super license. Yeah, for Sonoda. Um, it's really but just Matt who's also says seat. they'll be announcing which academy driver will get promoted in the next couple of weeks. I'd be very, very surprised People if from it past is anything. think there'll be an announcement after Bahrain. Schumacher. So, but it should, it should, in theory, be Mick Schumacher. Like, he just makes the most sense. And unfortunate. He's the best at the moment, so it should be him. Uh-huh. Heartbreaking story this week. We saw Roman Grosjean reveal that the only Formula One driver to text him any condolences after it was announced he'd be getting sacked was George Russell. That's because he's the only decent bloke in the sport. Well, yeah, well, I assume just Heart nobody texted Kevin Magnuson except for the plasterers. Oh, well, you know, oh, you know, um, Gunter probably sent him something along the lines of, you know, make sure you don't smash the door on the way out. <laughs> um, with slightly more colourful language. Slightly more colourful language, huh? That you aren't willing to repeat on air. Oh, I mean, I already said it earlier this it's episode. Explicit. I mean, do we want to do we want to put bets on whether or not Kevin's going to fuck smash the door on his way out? I don't think. I don't. I think he's lost that anger. Yeah, I think he's just I given think, up. He's I think Formula inside. One is defeated. 
<laughs> Kevin Magnuson might have defeated Kevin Magnuson. It sounds honest. like Roman will be going to Formula E. That that does that's a logical fit in my mind. I would not be surprised if Roman Grosjean becomes a Formula E world champion. Love to see it. Wouldn't mind it at all. Wouldn't mind it at all. And you know, can have some good battles with Sebastian Pawami and like John Eric Verne or whoever's still kicking around John in Formula Eric Verne. E. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big Vern guy over here. Yeah. Yeah. You would have probably liked Jeff if you'd been around when he was around. I wouldn't be surprised. I like a lot of people. But that uh, pretty much brings an end to the grid speculation that's been ongoing for so long, apart from obviously the Red Bull question marks are still there. Yes. But, um, and yeah. Lewis Hamilton potentially. And Lewis Hamilton potentially. But, I mean, we'll see. I think really the only seat up left to decide is whether it's Hockenberg or Perez for Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And um, just a quick note. Is that a ship's horn, Spencer? I don't know. It was uh, either a ship or a train, or maybe the uh, Russians have finally figured out where I live with my IP address. <laughs> either way, I'm locking the door. On the on the topic of driver lineups and that, you said the rest of the field is secure. And obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we've had the several teams who we've known for a while now. McLaren, the uh, soon-to-be Aston Martin... And currently, Alpine. currently, yeah, actually, yes, they are soon to be Alpine. Um, obviously, locked in a very fierce and possibly considering, you know, their fresh driver lineups for next year, all of them having brand new lineups with fairly big names coming into their teams. Mm-hmm. We battle with huge implications in terms of funding for next season, which probably, in many ways, could even more importantly roll on to 2022 and the new regulations. One point separating Renault, I believe, from Racing McLaren Point and Racing, and Racing point. point. Yes. Renault 135, um, McLaren and RP on 134. Yes. So, um, yeah, that, that break does Daniel really Ricardo come back just to start up. tanking so that, you know, McLaren wins? I don't think that's in Daniel Ricciardo's DNA. <laughs> no, I, don't I, think so I think Daniel Ricciardo would like to keep trying to get podiums and win races, and then he'll just back it to destroy them anyway because he's better than Fernando Alonso. <laughs> and he's a hell of a lot better than Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. Yeah, fair enough. Right, what's your prediction then? Okay, this is for the three teams. You, you were on McLaren's dick at the start of the year. Are you still I was. Oh, dick? well, I mean, I'm still a McLaren fan. But no, I think it's got to be Renault. Got to be Renault. I think single hand, they have the best driver out of the six drivers there. They have the best car out of the three. And, you know, obviously it comes down to how much of a, like, handicap having Ocon is. Listen, the thing, they've got the best driver, but they've also probably got the worst driver. Okay, look, they don't have Lance Stroll. No, I think Stroll is better than Esteban Ocon. And Stroll's very good at crashing out of races lately. Right, well, I think we'll Stroll talk, was, we'll talk think, about Lance Stroll. I think Stroll was better than Esteban Ocon. I don't know if he is. I think his confidence could be shot since Despite, the crash hey, in Mugello. Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll is still outscoring Esteban Ocon. Has he outscored him since Mugello? He hasn't scored a point since Mugello. Exactly. I think his confidence could be completely... No, that, that crash was big. Okay. In Mugello? Yeah. That, wasn't, that was a... Car failure. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying he's lost confidence in his own ability to drive, but I think he, he's almost, I don't know, maybe he was shaken by what's, that crash. What's happened, okay, um, he hasn't scored since his podium in Monza. Car Correct. failure in Mugello, shunted by Leclerc in Russia, COVID in Germany, retired in Portugal, and obviously he was just bad in Imola. This is the thing, the Racing Point is still there, 
despite Stroll being garbage for over a... Well, it's because they have the second-best driver this season. Exactly. If Stroll gets back to even half of his early season form, I think Racing Point have this. On the flip side of that, if Esteban, all Esteban Ocon has to do is turn up for two out of four Grand Prix. he hasn't shown it. Well, yeah, he's he had some decent results. He has peak Stroll has shown it. So Stroll can get there. Okay, Stroll's shown a peak of third, but I don't see that happening in races where Perez and Ricardo are finishing. Ocon has a top five this year, I believe. Are you saying Ocon is better than Lance Stroll? We've been bashing Esteban Ocon all year. We have, and I've been bashing Lance Stroll all year, so it's not no, out of character for me. There was that period where he was getting consistent. And I was, I, was still ba- I was still bashing him. No, this weren't. is not. There was an episode where you had to admit, okay, Lance Stroll has pace, Lance Stroll is racing. Oh, I've right. never said he doesn't have pace, but Esteban Ocon has pace. We've seen that in the past. Esteban Ocon is a buffoon. So is Lance Stroll. The, I've Lance not, Stroll's more I talented, have, though. I have never altered my narrative on Lance Stroll. I think they're both utter garbage and are in, you know, along with Albon, are the three worst drivers in the sport. Yeah. We never we never talked about this, by the way. Nico Latifi to be uh, fed into the Mercedes team to replace Luke Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sold. Sold. No, I genuinely believe that Lance Stroll is far and away better than Esteban Ocon. If he can sort out whatever rut he's in at the moment, he's had what you know the week off here. In between. I trust that Renault to get to the finish line more than I'm trusting that racing point at the moment, though. Really? Well. Ricardo and Ocon haven't been having DNFs left, right, and center. I mean, I mean, yeah, but a lot of okay. Max Verstappen spinning Sergio Perez isn't. A oh, I'm not talking. I'm not talking Perez, but like two of two of those failure to point score points for um, Lance Stroll were car tire failure in yeah, Mugello and whatever it was that made him retire in um, Portimao. Portimao. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think that's necessary. Necessarily, I don't know. and it's general irresponsibleness in Germany because it's just—it's been at the start of the season. The Racing Point car was supposed to be so good, and it yes. still has that in it. But I don't know. Reliability issues is—I suppose—it has cropped up recently. But I mean, Renault are famous for this kind of thing. Reliability issues. It's been like an opposite. Like they've swapped roles almost. Yeah, well, that, that's my point. I'm thinking. Mm. I'm. To, I'm thinking. Momentum-wise, Renault is just trending up and up and up. Whereas Racing Point has been on the down since the start of the season, and I think momentum at this point is key. I think Renault's momentum will carry them through. Mm. But uh, we've banged on enough, Spencer. You've been awfully quiet while you let the uh, children bicker. Yeah, I. I, <clears throat> I think it's going to be McLaren, to be honest. Yes, yes that's what we <laughs> want. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I, think, I think you will make really like really good points. I think like even if you take Lance Stroll's podium away from him in Monza, he still scored two more points than Esteban Ocon um, with okay, a COVID-related incident. Um, but I also do agree that I think the you know the momentum is definitely with Renault at the moment, right? Like what Renault have normally struggled to do in the past is build upon their package like throughout the year. Um, and I think as well, like you made a good point, Jashan. Like the thing with Racing Point that I think has everybody so surprised is that we had such unbelievable expectations of them at the start of the year with the W10, pretty much you know, like for like replacement. But it seems like for whatever reason they haven't really been able to build upon the package. Whether that be the the issues that they've had with having three of their races interrupted with COVID. Um, even with that, Nico still did a pretty admirable job. Um, 
And with with McLaren, I think that they've definitely been going through some dramas since probably what, like maybe round four, round five. It looks like they've been sort of like trending off. Could that be because they're now putting a lot of their focus into getting that Mercedes engine into their chassis next year? Like, I don't know. But if Renault have the, the best driver, I think Sergio Perez is the second best driver. And then yeah. I would have Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz as your third and fourth best drivers. And I think as it comes down to crunch time, I think that the the two guys that have the most amount of, like, the most amount to race for, I think is one Lando because he's the only guy in that, like, upper echelon of these drivers that actually has a seat next year. So I think he has to try to prove yep. to himself and McLaren that even if Ricardo's coming in, it can't be a driver one, driver two dynamic. It has to be like we are equal. And then with Carlos Sainz as well, I think he's had such a wretched year that like it, he's he's too for how good he is and for the season he's had, like something has to give. And despite McLaren being pretty much invisible for the last five rounds, they're one point off. Well, he was he was winning in Portimao. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I was just about to say, I think I think that is a, a fair point. I would still say that McLaren has the best, which was my point way, way back at the start of the season, that McLaren has the best collective driver lineup of the midfield. And I think, yeah, you, you hit that on the head right there. Obviously, Norris has something to prove as the only one who is remaining in his team. And I think Carlos Sainz has something to prove as he's about to step into that Ferrari because he's had a pretty shocking year through not only his fault, but okay, to okay. his standards, yeah. Okay, Sergio Perez or something to prove oh, because he needs, no, a, he needs a no, seat next no, year. No one, Lance Stroll needs something no to prove because that. everyone hates Lance no one, Stroll. No one's denying that. Esteban Ocon needs something to prove because everyone thinks he's shit. No and one, right no now, one's... Yeah, but, but, winning. Okay, but, but I think... But I, yeah, I meant that more in the sense of, like, I still think Perez is racing really well. Um, yeah. And I think that even though he does have stuff to prove, like, I, I just mean, like, for the last, like, three or four rounds, McLaren have almost been, like selling snake oil where like they're looking they're looking pretty good in practice they look pretty solid in qualifying and then lately for whatever reason their their race pace honestly since like obviously like the monza thing happened like that was you know a little bit you know you, you can't like try to predict that ever happening again but think back to round one and round two like how good those mclarens were looking we we're all sitting here thinking holy shit like mclaren look like they're easily going to run away with being the third best team and ah. now like it's almost like the like it's crazy that we had we literally thought nothing of Renault, right? The only talk oh, we had of Renault yeah. at the start of the year was that Ocon's a fuckhead and he's a really good racer, but when it's the same color car behind you, let him through. And then out of nowhere, and you look at this the point split as well, like through Daniel Ricciardo just like pulling his zipper up and putting his boots on, like he has just absolutely willed that car through. But then, like that's the thing though, like does like like does Ricciardo like obviously he's a competitor and once you get in there and you're racing like you know you know but like is it smarter to just let mclaren beat you (laughs) to let Mm, them get the constructor mm. if you're jumping ship like it's like i don't think he would ever do it but like from that perspective it almost makes sense that you do do that wouldn't be disappointing if something did go amiss for him in that random exactly because he's like oh you know not what i want not what i was trying to do but oh no the team I'm going to has finished ahead of me in the constructors and got more money. But I think he also probably wants to get that full spot in the drivers' championship. Oh, without and a doubt, definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah. And this is the other thing: like you've got Charles Leclerc has now finished top eight in five consecutive races and top five in the last two races. He's taking points away from these guys. 
Pierre Gasly taking points away from these guys because Gasly's a god. And Alpha Tauri, by the way, are Alpha Tauri now like a genuine midfield team? Surely. Honestly, I think they've they've really closed they're in. Four, on it. They're fourteen off the pace of Ferrari, That's so they're insane. you know they could become the best Italian team, yes. And they're eighty-one ahead of Alfa Romeo. Honestly, one, one, <laughs> so, yeah, one or um, two. If if Charles, it's been a while since something's gone amiss for Charles. Like yeah. Charles is overdue to have something gone wrong. Alfa Tauri could leap Ferrari realistically with the form both of their drivers are in. And, yeah, what yeah. a what a parting legacy that would be for Danny Kvyat if he was yes. able to contribute to Alfa Tauri outscoring Ferrari. Oh, that for fourth he got an Imola made me so happy. Made me oh, so yeah. happy. I love me some Danny Kvyat. But this is the thing. I've been on Racing Point since the start. You know this. I'm a Pink Panther guy mm. over here. You still haven't told us how much he's paying. <laughs> One of these days. You're like a YouTuber. You just don't want to reveal your pay contract. <laughs> every race is important now with this uh, midfield battle. Like every race. There's four races left, yeah? That was deep. Thank you. But, okay, so we've got Turkey coming up. It's going to be very cold in Turkey. Yes, very yes it cold, is. Very cold, like 12, 13 degree days. And McLaren have struggled in the cold weather. Was it not cold in Austria when it was fucking raining? They've been graining consistently in the cold, like recently. Oh, fair enough. They've been graining. They've been having graining. Raining in the cold. That's what I read on the Formula One uh, talking points page. I mean, I believe you. uh, Written by Lawrence Bonotto, I believe his name is. Lawrence Barreto. Barreto. McLaren have struggled with graining in cold conditions. That's interesting. Very and interesting. also, uh, the Istan- Istanbul... Yes, Istanbul Park. Newly resurfaced track. Yes. They're using the three hardest Pirelli compounds. It's going to be an interesting race in terms of tyre strategy. I'm just excited to see cars go around that corner. Turn eight. Turn eight. Turn eight. Even the new boy knows what corner we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I know what that turn eight. Yeah, I just can't wait for Mercedes to go around it like full throttle and everyone else. Oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton will be doing twice the speed everyone else is. Yeah, I think Racing Point. I mean, and if Racing Point are a baby Mercedes, they should in theory also be well suited to this track. I assume. And there's what's the gap between um, them and Ferrari? Like, I'm not I'm not expecting Ferrari. Ferrari Ferrari's right. not. In no, I, I'm, I'm just curious how big the gap 30 is. Points Thirty or so? points. Oh, is it Thirty-one con- points. Conceivable that AlphaTauri could catch. Any of these three, should they have a really shocking run home? Mm. Conceivable. Oh, no, wait, sorry. Alpha is... Wait, what's that? Alpha's, Alpha's 14 points. behind... 37. 37 points. No, 47 points behind. Yeah, I was going to say. Point. So, yeah. Which is, you know, unlikely with the amount of points that they're picking up, but mm. not out of the question if they can double point finish for the rest of the season. Yeah. Certainly a chance of them catching Ferrari, which would be huge. Alpha Tauri are on the third longest streak of consecutive points finishes with 10, behind only Racing Point with 11, and Mercedes with 46. It has been... Fucking Lewis Hamilton. It has, fucking been, it has been funky how the race, how the Racing Points have conveniently just, like, one of them's turned up every weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah even, oh, if, even, if the, even if the one of them was Nick. that was McLaren, you'd be saying it's consistency. And because it's racing, oh, no, it's the... funky. This is bias, Matthew. Well, I'm saying, bias. I'm just saying it happened. Like it's it's curious bias. that like it's only ever one racing point drive. They've never had a weekend where something goes really wrong yes. for both of them. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and that that is because and I don't I think oh, I don't man, think they're McCain a dangerous outfit next year with Seb. Oh as, yeah. as consistent as I expect them to. Because I know that was my big line thing at the start. I thought McLaren would take it because of consistency and that has not been there at all McLaren has honestly mm. underwhelmed me a bit mm. 
I think Renault, and I think I think Renault is actually the one who's shown probably the most consistency. It's just that they didn't have anything for the first few races, and then they've just been consistently on fire. Yeah. What since? Since I oh, probably even the week or two, I uh, probably a couple of Grand Prix before Belgiums were definitely really Belgium, kicked yeah, in, but they were even starting to show up the week or two before. I want to see Silverstone. Silverstone was they the were last good time. Silverstone, Silverstone and they were bad in Spain, and they came back to form in Belgium. They were all. They were bad the at spun the. Out in Spain. No, he spun out in the seventieth Grand Prix, seventieth anniversary. So I think from Spain onwards they've been solid. Okay. Fair enough. I suppose that would, in theory, bring us to the preview for Istanbul. Oh, that is allegedly how these things work. There is work. one more news story I would like to bring up. Oh, though. this is the surprise news story he Ooh. wouldn't tell us about. Okay, okay, okay. It's just it's a short note. It's got to be something racing point related. No, it's got nothing to do with racing at all. Um, the Formula One have released a set of fragrances. I already knew about it. Um, and what really fascinates me is they use digital light synthesis 3D printing technology yep. to design a techno-polymetric resin-based exoskeleton for these bottle fragrances. So you, Honestly, you, they're making all of us sound like the I don't know what blankets. that means, but I'm a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> you, buy, you buy the five bottles and there's like, like a, an, an external bottle that you put the bottles into. Yep. And then you can take one out and put one back in, and that's the... the yeah, what, what shape is the exoskeleton? It, it's supposed to look like a car. Okay, that's what I was It doesn't really... Wondering. I'm looking at him right I'm now, it does not look like a car. Look well, you, oh, um, well, hold on. Where's my mobile device? Here you go. I'm going to let you look up a photo of these exoskeletons. Just Google them there while I read to you. So what am I... What are, what are you suggesting, Just Tyson? look up Formula One fragrances. Formula... Five fragrances... Um, the scents are designed to take you on a sensory journey through a thrilling race. Oh my god. So we've got precious metal. <laughs> precious metal, uh, which is a fresh, intense, woody, and metallic scent that represents the courageousness that drivers show when they line up on the grid. Then you've got Turn One, which is an avant-garde composition with inimitable accords of burning rubber and rain on salty asphalt, <laughs> thus honouring the determination of powering through the third corner. Which, which turn one? It just says turn one. No, I know. I, I want to know which one it's based off. I'm not sure. Uh, inimitable, by the way, means so good or unusual as to be impossible. Uh, then you've got um, Overtake 320, which is, of course, the most passionate scent of the collection. It's a warm and spicy composition <laughs> that races with a fiery blend of cinnamon and bergamot. Cinnamon! <laughs> then you've got <laughs> Neum White, which is a tribute to the fearlessness of drivers as they approach the final straight. <sighs> a daring cocktail of spices contrasting hot black pepper with the coolness <laughs> of juniper. With the coolness of Juniper. And then finally, you've got Carbon Rain. Rain is an R-E-I-G-N. I like Roman Reigns. Yep. Designed to replicate a sense of victory. Oh, uh, no. It's a vibrant scent built around champagne. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton's cock. <laughs> Dry amber and woods. And if you put them all together, they create the scent of Alex Albon's tears. <laughs> oh, no. All right, well, if you'd like oh, my honest reaction... 
So Moto G podcast, oh. Moto GP podcast next year, right? Pivoting. Oh. We're we're pivoting, oh my God, we're pivoting it's, it's away a, from this sorry excuse of a sport. It's a unisex collection. I I know at least one person that would wear them. Yeah. Oh man. Sorry, sorry. I know at least one female. Wait, which one is it? I want to get one. I want me some of that. uh, I want that warm and spicy, which that that overtake three twenty. Yeah. I always wanted to smell like a fiery bit of cinnamon. (laughs) It's just the names. Yeah. Just the names. Precious metal turn one. Overtake 320, Neum White, and Carbon Rain. Uh, over, over, I just... <laughs> Neum White, by the way, is spelled N-E-E-E-U-N. How is it that Turn 1 is the most, re- like, reasonable name of the bunch? You're like, you know what, yeah, that actually sounds like a real fragrance. Oh, turn 1, fair enough. doing? <laughs> oh, they wouldn't have to go to Saudi Arabia if they stopped spending money on this and shit. And on that bombshell... <laughs> Uh, well, I've got. But the thing is, man, it's good marketing because I got to get it. I got to get it to smell it. I want to know what I'm getting. Holy shit! Honestly, we'll have to do. We'll have to do like a video, like review of them or something. Oh my god! An unboxing. An unboxing video. Let's get the YouTube channel up and running. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can lie down or throw up. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna now save us from whatever this is. Istanbul Park. Turkey hasn't been around since I'm gonna say 2013. That's a stab in the dark, but that sounds about right to me. <laughs> around right. 2012 or 2013. Oh, I was. I'm gonna look at you because you might have noted it down. Uh, but that's alright. I won't complain right now. Yeah. Oh dear. But yes, a return. A return to Turkey for Formula One this week. I think something that we're all, even Jashan, who's never seen a Turkish Grand Prix before, seems quite excited by it. Yeah. Um, always a track that was very popular, I think, amongst both drivers and fans. Obviously, Turn 8 is somewhat legendary. Um, site of the infamous run-in between Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber, when Sebastian Vettel forgot what a straight line was, um, and how to be a decent bloke. Um, also, the site of Felipe Massa being the most dominant man ever, basically. He's still my favourite to win this race, and he's not even in the sport. He's that good at Turkey. (laughs) Three straight years was never even close. Mm-hmm. Insane. Um, track. I think Kimi Raikkonen's had some success on as well in the past. I Lewis believe. Lewis Hamilton's had some success. Lewis yeah. Hamilton has had success. Sebastian Vettel. I'm assuming has probably had his own success because he won everything during those four years. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to go past the Mercedes as always. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I mean, as we've said a bit earlier, that thing through turn eight could be insane. Yeah, well, it's such a young grid, and a guy like Hamilton, who's driven there five times... Yeah, that's a huge advantage. Um, anything, before we go with some predictions, anything you boys are looking forward to, in particular, this weekend? The smell of burning rubber on salty Stroll asphalt, combat. boys. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> oh. Why is the asphalt salty? That's oh. my question. Like... Are we because at the it honors the performance and determination of pairing through the first corner. What do you mean? How do you not get that? Oh, oh where's Max Verstappen oh. to just tell it how it is oh, and say how man. fucking dumb this idea? I hope someone asks Max Verstappen about this this weekend. Oh, yeah. oh you've made my year. So you've made my year, F1. Holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, if they told me one of the fragrances was just the scent of George Russell's abs or something, I'd be much more oh, interested. Man. 
Oh. <laughs> All right, well, predictions for this weekend then. Joshana will... The rubber is actually the rubber that was burnt off his tyres. Oh! Uh, and the salt right. on I mean, the asphalt is It wasn't tears. even that much tyres, but like... He did, yeah, that's, that's uh, fair enough. I mean, there wasn't actually as much tire spin as you would have thought with that one, which was no, weird, and he did most of his crying on the grass. But I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Oh, my God. Are you sorry? I'm just sitting on that hill. Um, honestly, I should make that my wallpaper. Just a reminder of disappointment. Yes, that would be my prediction as well. Spencer, do you do you concur, or are you going to uh, go elsewhere from Hamilton um, winning? No, I, I can't really think straight at the moment. Um, Hamilton first. Um, Verstappen to get back into second. Um, and I'll throw a curveball out. I reckon Albon for a fourth. Um, and fucking Bottas third. Let's go. Holy shit. Uh, I think, yeah. So basically the most textbook green yes. theory. Yes. In theory, yes. In theory. On paper. One, you know, on paper. Knew what he was doing. And, yes. and actually we should do a, um, who we think is going to win the midfield battle. I think McLaren will get the most points this yeah. weekend out of the midfield. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Jashan's going to back in Racing <laughs> Point, and I'm also going to back in Renault. So. This, is good. this has turned out quite well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I am the worst McLaren fan on the planet. It's, it's Hamilton will win. You know, he had that infamous victory. In right. I'm just, I'm just like lowballing at the moment because realistically, next season with Ricardo at McLaren, that will be my prediction for every Grand Prix. Just Ricardo yeah. to win. <laughs> and McLaren's back in their fucking final form with Mercedes, baby. Let's yep. go. Yep. None of this Renault shit. Yeah, I mean, fucking... Um, did they, have they ever even won anything with a Renault in the back of that car before? Because obviously they won with Honda and they won with Mercedes. I don't think so. We should get Cosworth back in the sport. Mecha Chrome. Um, okay, so... Lewis Hamilton has won at every single new or reappearing track this year. Um, oh, because he won. He, he won. Oh, all right. He's won Mugello, all of them. Germany, Portimao, and Imola. Um, he currently has um, nine wins and 11 podiums, so make of that what you will. Valtteri Bottas needs to outscore him by eight points to keep the week, to keep the title fight alive. So okay, so... Bottas needs to win. So, yeah, so it's, if it's a case of have Hamilton... So, okay, so if Hamilton wins the race, it's done. It's done. And I just... So, Bottas, it's Bottas has to finish ahead of him. Correct. And I hope oh, Hamilton does that. I think Charles Leclerc has a doozy and comes second. I think Ooh. Max Verstappen is completely tapped out this weekend. I just don't, this is the issue with that Charles Leclerc prediction because I like it, but I'm like, you do know that Ferrari is probably going to fall apart going around turn eight. Like yeah. they're going to turn in. No, 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 and it's just they've made got, it is, car quite good. It is going to, car will literally fall apart. It's going to be like that time when I think it was oh I think it was Bordet or Boemi was just coming down the end of the straight in China and just both front wheels came off like yeah. simultaneously. What's, what's going to happen is Bottas, that's going to be all of the Ferraris just going to fall apart. Bottas is going to crumble and he's going to push too hard and spin and crash into Max. Um, Albon will be shit. That is harsh on Max to say Bottas is going to be anywhere near him. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's trying to he's trying to fight for the title, mate. He's got a bit of juice to him. Oh, Too much okay. juice. Yeah, you know, you got that extra strength guava. No good. That George Russell juice. Yeah, that George Russell juice. That that yeah, <laughs> that Georgie juice. Um, Albon will be shit, of course. Uh, I think so. Leclerc goes second, and I think Sergio Perez goes third. Could I have a TLDR for that, please? And Stroll comes sixth in a grand comeback. Oh, what a comeback! He came yes. sixth. Yes. 
fucking huge. Yes. Right, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna back in Formula One's current podium. It'll be Hamilton, Max, and Daniel Ricciardo. Fair enough. Um, and because at this point I need to start getting optimistic about things, I'm gonna go Giovinazzi for a point. What? You both thought I was saying George. Why Gio? Why not Gio? Screw Gio, man. Oh, sorry. Actually, can I bring up that statistic? Can I bring up that statistic? I don't know whether I saved it or put it anywhere, but that gra- there was a graphic that they circulated this week. Uh, Giovinazzi, yeah, 47 I, yeah, positions, I think it was, gained on the opening lap this season. Yeah. George Russell was flexing that he had 10 last year. Yeah. He's got almost, tw- I think he has more than twice as many as the next best driver. Which should be Kevin Magnussen, Um, I think it is just K-Mag and then Kimmy. Yeah, okay. You've got to say, yeah, for the, so the hate, we, some of you like to, people like to swing his way. That's, you I know. I just hate his haircut. 40. I hate his haircut. It's disgusting. Chop it off. 45, yeah. Giovinazzi. 24, K-Mag. 19, Latifi. Oh. 17, Raikkonen. What? 12, a peaceful clerk. Again, Latifi. I mean, that, that, now that, that is impressive. Latifi has gained more spots than Russell did last year. I'm telling you, Russell's But, oh, it's incredible what you can do when you get double. the extra spot of qualifying last, not second yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Latifi seems to be good at the start, so he always just picks off Russell. Fuck or yeah. sorry, picks off the guy in nineteenth because Russell's a little bit further up the grid. Yeah. Although that one time, there was that there was that one time in Hungary where I think Latifi did start last, and Russell was like thirteenth, that he was still ahead of him come turn two. Good starter, Nicholas Latifi. <sighs> Goodness me. Um. Well, in that case, unless either of you two have anything more to add. Sean, did you give us which fragments you were going to pick? Um, I'm taking turn one. You're taking turn one? I am taking turn one. And and Spence wants to overtake 320. Yeah, I want that warm and spicy composition that races with a fiery blend of cinnamon and bergamot. Bergamot. (laughs) I can't go past the, you know... The spicy contrast of hot black pepper and the coolness of juniper. Is that is that the neom neom white? Neom white. Yeah, the. Uh, uh, that's a rather that's a rather daring cocktail you made for yourself, there, sir. Well, it's uh, a tribute to the fearlessness of drivers uh, when they approach the final straight. So. Fuck the people running the oh, sport of wankers. <laughs> well, on that. Oh man. On that wonderful piece of huh. consumer advice. This has been another episode of Rear the Grid. Jashan and Spencer do not endorse the words of Matthew Hume. Please, Saudi Arabia, do not come and lynch us. Lynch him. <laughs>